Hi, and welcome. I'm really glad you're joining me today with this edition of Faith to Live By. If this is your first time, I give you a very special welcome. I'm Pam Christian, the producer and host of this podcast known as Faith to Live By. And here each and every week, I seek to help us gain a spiritual victory over life's adversities. Boy, and if ever there was a time we needed spiritual victory, it's today, right? I mean, can't you feel it? Don't you feel the heightened sense of angst in the world today? You know, it reminds me of Romans 8, 19-22, where we learn all of creation groans in agony with eager expectation for God to intervene. You know, I recently heard Juan Osaven, he's a high-ranking government insider of some sort, who works behind the scenes with others who are in positions of high authority. But he said, we are living in times much like the days of Esther. So I had to refresh myself on the book of Esther to see why he might say that. And I really think he's onto something. You know, God sees how people who believe they're in power are forcing their views upon us, claiming Christians need to be reprogrammed because we're a threat to society. Well, this is the same spirit that influenced Haman to hate the Jews and to seek to destroy them. So that's going to be my focus today. But before I get into that, I wanted to share with you this really excellent post by Ann Ballard that I saw recently on the Elijah List. And she wrote in part, quote, Our founding fathers in the United States fought against tyranny and oppression with their lives, fortunes, and honor. They battled to be free from oppression, and although we are not fighting in the same way they did, the battle for freedom is still very real. We know that control is rooted in fear, and fear often manifests as manipulation. Thomas Jefferson was noted for saying, quote, I prefer dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery, end quote. And continues, in our world today, fighting for freedom can look like discerning truth from lies, setting boundaries to have healthy relationships, or fighting against censorship. The Bible tells us in Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. God is bringing freedom to the captives and reminding people to think critically and to remember that he created us to be free. Our identity is rooted in freedom. God is saying for us to be encouraged because our identity is in freedom and God is exchanging fear for our trust in him today. I really liked what Anne wrote because as a charismatic apologist, I want to help people gain balance between spiritual realities and rational thought. I believe when we have this balance, we're truly operating in both spirit and truth, and that's when we can realize the victories that Christ died to give us. In reality, the restrictions, limitations, manipulations, and all the control the enemy seeks to impose upon God's people, along with the promotion of ungodly conduct and behavior, are proving who belongs to God and who belongs to the enemy. In responding to our current times, I really think we need to learn from the book of Esther how to seek the Lord's intervention and then how to partner with him to bring his will about. Katie Barker is another woman who's prophetic and posted a word from God concerning the very times we're living in. She wrote, A choice stands before my people. They can stand firm in faith and move forward believing all I have spoken, or they can stand in disbelief and move away from what I have spoken. I am looking for those who will stand firm in faith, knowing I am faithful. The path of disbelief gives ground to the enemy, but the path of faith is one of partnership with me and will yield much fruit and reward. My people have forgotten my faithfulness and sovereignty. 
The timing of my intervention will showcase my faithfulness and remind my people that my word is unchanging and a rock on which they can stand. My word does not return void, but accomplishes all it is sent forth to fulfill. My divine intervention will also see my people return to a strong stand in believing my word and understanding the truth of Second Chronicles 20.20. 20. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. Following the divine intervention and the overturning that is coming, those who released my message and prophetic word in purity and on my direction, walking in the fear of the Lord instead of the fear of man, will be given a greater voice for me. Where my people have wavered in believing the prophetic, they will now listen with closer attention to all I reveal through my servants, those who walk intimately with me and who carry my heart and message for this hour. End quote. That word was really good. It talks about the importance of us partnering with him, that he is going to intervene, and God is promising an overturning that is sure to come. Considering all the conversations and accusations about how current prophecies should have been fulfilled, I want us to really consider how finger-pointing should more often be directed at ourselves. Perhaps the fulfillment of prophecies has a lot more to do with our personal engagement with God's plan than we've realized. As you know, we've had a great deal come against us since the start of 2020, with many of us suffering greatly and many becoming weary in the process. The day this podcast will first post is February 17, 2021. So if you hear this at some point in the near future or in the future, understand the whole world is still suffering under the COVID-19 pandemic. We're suffering tremendous unrest perpetuated by governing officials and the media, for that matter, about the direction of our country. We have great distrust generated from conflicting reports regarding the impact of the pandemic, the wearing of masks, the issues about the vaccine. And all of this is while we have an estimated 60% of all businesses in America closed as a result of the pandemic. And these business closures are permanent, meaning countless numbers of people have lost their livelihood, while many others have lost their loved ones. And all of this is just an overview of everything that's been going on. Of course, the earth has suffered the battle of good versus evil ever since the Garden of Eden, but I don't think the battle has ever been more intense in our lifetimes. So I completely understand how some people have grown weary simply trying to live daily life and try to find hope, especially with the many conflicting reports we consistently get from media. That's one thing I'm really unhappy with. What we really have is a battle of the enemy of God doing all he can to control, confine, and oppress God's people and, of course, the morals and values we Christians represent. And we see this being carried out by the people who don't belong to God. They think they're fighting to protect their own agenda for money, power, authority, and governance while working to reign and rule over those who don't share their views, when, in reality, they're doing the enemy's bidding. Consider how the blatant censorship of people who express values contrary to their own is actual evidence that they are working for the enemy. Control of our daily lives, telling us when, where, and how we can meet. That we must wear two masks now, according to the CDC, even though reports from medical professionals explain masks will not protect us from the virus. The threat of travel bans for those who don't accept the vaccine, and many other warnings from medical professionals who claim the vaccine is not safe. In fact, one of the makers of the vaccine, Merck, recently canceled their vaccine claiming it's more effective to get COVID-19 and recover. All of these are evidences of the plans and schemes of one people group 
trying to rule and reign over another people group. It's not God's way, and I'm sure you agree. As Christians, we know everything that happens in the world has spiritual origin, both good and evil. I believe God has been allowing the exposure of evil and corruption in every place it exists to make His people aware of the depths of evil in our midst to cause us to choose which we want to be a part of, good or evil. I believe the tremendous global unrest that has been spiritually inflicted is actually a setup for God's people to rise up and partner with God to see His truth prevail. I mean, at this point, people are starved to find the truth like never before because we've been severely bantered about by conflicting truth claims. Don't you see and hear how hungry people are for the truth? I'm so grateful the Lord impressed upon me to start a campaign called Come Back to God, which is intended to help people discover and live in life-giving truth. It's just in the early stages right now, but I'm really excited to be able to produce this campaign. It's got a long way to go before it can be launched, but it's in process. And in fact, I just completed an introductory video to start getting people aware of it and maybe participate with the project itself. The video will actually be run as a featured class on an online event called Arise Esther, interestingly enough. Have you noticed how much people are referring to the story of Esther these days? I sure have, and I'm confident. It is because God is alerting us to the roles we must play or the partnership we must make with him in order to experience the victory he intends for us. I also found it fascinating that Amanda Grace, a prophetic voice today, prophesied that the days from Purim to Passover will be explosive. Those were her words, that the days from Purim to Passover will be explosive. Purim this year begins the eve of February 26th, I think it is, and Passover begins the evening of March 27th and ends on April 4th. I believe God is revealing we must make this time now, before Purim, a time of preparation for us to get engaged in the battle that's ahead. Let me offer just a brief overview of the story of Esther so we can see the parallels of our times. In 357 BC, the Persian king Xerxes I reigned and ruled. And to find a wife for the king, many young women throughout the land were selected to come and spend a year of being groomed to potentially be selected by the king as his queen. Under the inspired wisdom of God, a Jewish man named Mordecai, who had guardianship to raise his cousin, allowed her to be among the young women. And this is very strange when you rehear the whole story. So to conceal her Jewish identity, Mordecai had his cousin go by the name of Esther. And as it turns out, Esther was selected by the king and was made queen. Haman is the name of a man who was the right arm of the king, and Haman hated the Jews and managed to get the king to sign a decree to have all the Jews killed. Extensive gallows were built upon which Haman planned to have these Jewish people in Persia killed. Well, aware of their plight, the Jews recognized they had followed destructive paths by participating in the ways of the Persians, which included idol worship, among other things, that adversely impacted their ability to remain true to their God. So they called out to God for help. Well, Mordecai knew Esther was the only hope for survival of the Jews, God's chosen people. Mordecai then revealed the plan to Esther, which, even though it could cost her very life, she agreed to undertake. Over the course of a few days, Esther revealed to the king her true Jewish identity and appealed on behalf of the Jewish people for the king to intervene. Since the first decree was binding and the king could not reverse it, he instead made another decree that allowed the Jewish people to defend themselves and spare as many of them as possible. In the end, 
Haman was executed on the very gallows he had built to kill the Jews. There's so much in this for us to unpack and understand how to apply it today. So let me start with this. The historical event provides important truths about how and why the Jews survived such an overwhelming threat and can actually be summarized in three headings. One, divine providence. Two, human responsibility. And three, the absurdity of wickedness. What's exciting here is, in actuality, the story of Esther is part of a larger story that runs from Abraham to Christ and through Christ to the church today. Think about it. If Haman had succeeded, the Jewish people as a whole would have been destroyed, meaning Abraham's descendants, including Christ, would not have been born, and God's covenant with Abraham for God's saving work to be done through Abraham's descendants would not have come to pass. Can you see how this is yet again a time the enemy of God seeks to destroy God's plan of salvation? And can you also see how the enemy of God is always at work seeking to oppress and bring death and destruction. Now, fast forward to the events we're suffering today. Can't you see the evil force behind the many efforts to oppress and control us? The specific attacks against Christians and the church is nothing less than the same spirit that worked to kill God's people from the beginning of creation. Now, I really want us to understand this. And so now let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 16, which makes clear the Jews and Gentiles were made as one new people through Christ. So the same spirit of anti-Semitism is being directed at Christians today that the Jews have suffered since God established his covenant with Abraham. And since Gentile believers with faith in Christ are grafted in to the children of Abraham, the miraculous continued survival of the Jews, considering the efforts of the Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans, um, the Crusaders, Spanish, and of course the Nazis, which are just a few examples, is also our story. Their miraculous continued survival is our story. We now find ourselves in the same plight as one people. Christians in America are getting an idea of the kind of suffering the Jews have faced for centuries upon centuries. Just like the Jews of Esther's time, our hope must be rightly placed in divine providence and recognize our human responsibility. As God's people, we must take the same path for survival by repenting and calling out to God. We need to make certain we are not cooperating with any of the ways of the world that, just like for the Jews, would harm our devotion to God, and we must seek God to intervene in our behalf. Praise God, both the book of Esther and the whole of the New Testament teaches us how to live in a hostile world with courage and integrity, carrying out responsibilities to the best of our ability and trusting God in his providence to protect and provide. As I've often expressed, we're not to merely pray, but to learn from God what his strategy is so we can step into our role in his plans. Many people are willing to take the time and effort to pray with the mindset that now it's entirely up to God. Well, as we see in the story of Esther, God most often works in and through his people to accomplish his will. Of course, he can zap anything into existence anytime he wants, but God mostly intervenes consistent with the will of his people who seek him with clean hands and a pure heart. Hopefully, I've gotten you to a point where you want to know what you can do, what we can all do to prepare ourselves to see God's victory. Well, the first thing we can do is fast. Just as Esther called the Jews to a fast to activate an organized effort that brings us into a united prayer focus, so must we do the same. 
Fasting in no way manipulates God to work in our behalf. We need to understand that. Instead, it aligns our hearts and minds with His will so we can hear and obey to realize His victory plan. And then we can get engaged in the battle. Now, let me ask you, what gifts, talents, and abilities has God given you? Which of the seven mountains of society are you most interested in? Do you have a place you can serve even as a volunteer in government or business, arts slash entertainment, education or media? What can you do to strengthen the family or the church in these times? My podcast is an effort to invest in people to help strengthen the church and encourage all of us to be involved. We have come to a point that unless we push back, we will be overtaken. For too long, the church has been enclosed in its four walls and not really engaged in the culture. And I believe that's exactly why we see ourselves at the place we are today. Our freedoms are being attacked right and left. Our freedom of religion, our freedom of speech, our freedoms on how we choose to live our daily lives has been grossly imposed upon, especially with the mandate to wear masks and who we can speak with, where we can meet. Our freedom from tyrannical government, which is ensured by our right to bear arms, explains why there's been such an effort to strip us of that right. Anyway, one of the primary tools of the enemy has been to promote fear. We've had many people provide input about COVID-19 and the far-reaching ramifications of this disease if it is not contained. Early on, we were told the death rate for COVID-19 would be one of the worst we've seen in modern times. With fear at an all-time high and real suspicions that the disease may be a bioweapon, we've lived in angst of the highest sort, looking to those who claim to have experience and knowledge to help us. We've looked for government to help, and that's not where we find our answer. Until we've been brought through all we have since the beginning of 2020, I don't think we properly consider that there is an enemy at work seeking to destroy God's people who works through some people in government. Not at all, unlike the days of Esther. Some of these were in positions of influence and became spokespeople to whom we looked for answers to help. These are people who seek to increase their power and authority over us, so there was a collective effort and a mandate that we would all wear masks and maintain social distancing, and we were made to stay in our houses and not venture out unless absolutely necessary. Schools were closed, businesses were closed, churches were closed, with the claim that congregating causes spikes in the spread of COVID-19. Families have been forced into their homes on a 24-7 basis. In this environment, many people have turned on the news looking for hope and direction. Another thing we didn't realize is that media is corrupt and in partnership with those who want to control us and increase their own power and authority. The psychological impact they've had on us is significant and has brought additional problems to bear, such as people fearing going out to see their doctors for treatment for existing conditions, Um, loss of income and closure of businesses, even family violence, mental anguish, and a whole lot more. We were convinced by people we trusted that hydroxychloroquine with zinc and ZPAC was not an effective treatment, and powers that be were actually successful in making HCQ widely unavailable. Then there were a handful of doctors that managed to push through the brawn of mainstream media to explain that HCQ is indeed safe, and it had been used for over 40 years, And on top of that, it's inexpensive. But these doctors and professionals were then shut down by mainstream media. Instead, we were told vaccines were necessary. Vaccines usually take years to develop. However, somehow, with a heretofore unknown disease, vaccines were developed in record time. Again, with fear heightened, 
the fast tracking of the vaccine was raised and immediately everyone was looking for the solution with a distribution of a vaccine. Again, a handful of doctors and medical professionals pushed through the mainstream media giant to warn us that the contents of these vaccines are harmful. Those who want to control us, those who want to shut down the voice of these claiming the vaccines are harmful in order to inject as many people as possible, who are they and what are their motives? You know, discussion has followed that many people may be required by governments to take the vaccine in order to travel. With almost a year living in this fear and coming to question the motives of many people, I believe God is causing us to realize government is not the answer. Government's the problem. God is our only answer, our only hope. I've sought to learn all I can, especially beginning September of 2018. For some reason, the Lord was taking me down a path to really expand what I knew about current events and how the realities in our world are actually a part of God's plan and what's a part of the enemy's plan. And I wanted to learn this to encourage you to hear from me, but also research for yourself before you make any decisions or take any actions. You know, one of the men I've been learning from recently foretold that these days that we're experiencing now are also to be likened to a near-death experience, where it appears it's over, but in God's time, it's revived. You know, in reality, a near-death experience is actually a death experience where God intervenes and brings back life. I've personally experienced this with a sudden cardiac arrest some years ago. In fact, Focus on the Family has broadcast my testimony three times over the years. The story is dramatic and powerful, and I'd like you to hear it because it helps encourage people that even when things look like they are over with God working his plan, they're not. Well, I'll have a link for you in the show notes where you can hear the story. Using the near-death analogy was to explain the hopelessness our nation would suffer with events of 2020 and into 2021 to encourage us not to give up even when things appear or seem to be hopeless. God has been calling his people back into himself by taking us through this whole ordeal to show us the extent of evil in the world and to reveal to his people, those of us alive today, are like Esther. We're like the people in the days of the book of Esther. We've been born for such a time as this to partner with God and see him miraculously work in our behalf. God has key people in place, people in positions such as a King Xerxes, or a Mordecai and an Esther. They are hearing from God, and they are working in our best interest. We must pray for them. Then we have the rest of us who must seek God to show us how to defend ourselves and our families as we encounter the efforts of the enemy to harm us. I ask you, do all you can to be informed with the truth, to not simply accept what you hear, but look into it for yourself and cautiously and prayerfully make your decisions and take action to defend yourself and your loved ones, all for your benefit and for the glory of God. If we all do this, if we all look to find the truth and decide to operate in the truth, we will be unified in our efforts and we will see God do great things in our midst. You know, Purim is the feast that celebrates God's miraculous protection of his people. The Jews celebrate the day before Purim with a fast in remembrance of Queen Esther calling a national fast. Then the day of Purim, which begins on the eve of February 26th this year, they celebrate with a feast. Purim is a celebration of bravery and deliverance from destruction, a celebration of the Lord's victory over evil. 
It is one of the most joyous and fun holidays of the Jewish calendar. Faith is believing God for his word before we actually see his word fulfilled. So I agree with Kat Kerr that we should be celebrating our victory even now. She's having fun demonstrating her faith by eating cake. (laughs) And I suggest we all do whatever we can to celebrate in advance because this demonstrates our faith and that pleases God and it defeats the enemy. Well, I'm not big on cake, but I could certainly open up a bottle of champagne. (laughs) We need to draw on who we are in Christ like never before in our lifetimes. When we are unwaveringly walking in the fullness of our identity, authority, and power in Christ, the enemy cannot defeat us. So reading scriptures that declare who we are in Christ is really needed, especially now. So I want you to have a handout that you can download, which is a long list of who God says we are in Christ. Please meditate on this and get it deep into your soul. We are truly living in an Esther situation. Let us also join in a fast to seek the Lord to purify us from all unrighteousness and to make us ready to take our place in his plan to see the enemy defeated. Perhaps our deliberate preparation and participation in God's plan will allow us to truly experience what Amanda Grace prophesied that the days between Purim and Passover will be explosive. I certainly pray so. Having considered our identity in Christ and the importance of taking our role in God's plan to be engaged in the battle is what we've talked about this week. So next week, I want to further explore our authority and power in Christ to further encourage us to stay in the battle, to stand until we see the promised victory. Now, I know many people have suffered greatly in the area of finances this year, and if this is you or someone you know, I want to introduce you to my personal financial planner, Edward Torres. When it comes to our future, we need to gain God's wisdom and work in partnership with God to fulfill His plans for us. So having a good financial plan really is essential. When it comes to financial planning, one size fits all isn't a fit at all. Just ask Ed Torres, a team member with the Financial Advisory Practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Ask him about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach. It's a personalized, flexible, step-by-step approach toward financial balance, so you can feel confident about the future as well as your wants and needs of today. With the Confident Retirement Approach and a one-on-one relationship with an advisor, Edward Torres will help you live life and save for tomorrow in a way that's right for you. It's what financial balance is all about. So call Ed today at 949-250-3210. Office is located at 2600 Michelson Drive, Suite 1460, Irvine, California, 92612. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment. You know, you don't have to be in California to consider working with Ed. They're licensed in many states, so I'll have a link for his website in the show notes, and I truly encourage you to contact Ed. He's a wonderful Christian man, and as I said, my personal financial planner. In order for me to produce my podcasts, I need the support of my sponsors and listeners. I never ask you to give to my ministry direct, but I do ask you to avail of the services and products you'll find in my show notes. In that way, I will receive some needed financial support. If you've liked what you've heard today, let's connect beyond this podcast. Consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will also make you a preferred member where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. 
With so much going on every single day, let's also connect on Facebook at Faith to Live By TV, on Twitter at PL Christian, and on LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. Also, be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there's also a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. Again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring to you is how you can support me, which would be greatly appreciated. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen, and these features are available. Your review helps the show reach many more people and spread the gospel and helps people learn how to best apply their Christian faith. Also, depending on the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to this podcast so you are sure not to miss a single edition. And lastly, visit my page for the show at faithtoliveby.com, where you can learn about and take advantage of special offers available to my listeners exclusively and learn more about my sponsors and partners. Faith to Live By is a business owned and operated by Pamela Christian Ministries, LLC. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The very least we can do is live for Him.